Hello and welcome to the Potters Podcast. It's been a great week. Got two wins against two Premier League sides. Yeah, can't argue with that. We're going to win the league, aren't we? It's all year. <laughs> well, it's a good start, though, isn't it? Two results, Leeds 3 0. And an amazing performance from Tom Ince as well, we have to look at. What I do like as well is, compared to last season, is the pre season opponents were a little bit more difficult than last year. I mean, you look at last year, Tranmere, Rex, and. Yeah, they were lower league teams, weren't they, last yeah, year? Yeah, very low opposition, whereas, sort of, going against the likes of Leeds, who won the league last year, and Newcastle, who were Premier League, he can't do us any harm, can he, going into the new yeah. season? It's weird because they were very good performances, very solid performances. Since John McCall's got in that midfield, they do look like there's a solid base to build from. Yeah, he's a good, he's a good option out along with Joe Allen, isn't he? Yeah, over a over a forty-six game season because we said it before that Allen was sort of overplayed at times. He sat the Tuesday, sat the Tuesday. So the thing is, maybe him and McCall might do a bit of switching round through the season and. Well, the thing is, we have got a big squad, there's no question about it, which we're going to have to sort out for when the 25-man squad's getting announced. Looking at it, there's good options everywhere in the midfield, especially in... I think we're a bit light on the wings, I think we all, all agree that anyway, but mm-hmm. we are looking, I think, a little bit on the decent side in the midfield area yeah. for the first time. Well, he's played two formations in pre-season. I'm not 100% sure... What? Because they did. There's quite a lot of variation to them. I mean, you look at if you looked at the lineup against Newcastle. I said it was a five-three-two. Looking at who played. Yeah. Um. But they seem when you watch him bits of the game, you sort of think, well, they're not playing as a three now, or are they playing with wing backs? It, it's yeah. very. I don't know. There's there's a lot of manoeuvre in it, so I think he's trying to make it quite flexible. Yeah, I mean, because the other game he was playing one up top, and he's playing with two up tops for the Newcastle game, and I, I, I think he's just testing out for different opposition. I think he's been very coy and clever in the friendlies. Well, thirty players have played in pre-season, which is a good mix. Yeah, it's pretty much giving everybody a kind of a go, yeah. empty really. I, I think it's been good because I mean, against the lower teams, he's been trying out the kids, and against the. Like the order teams, like your Leeds and your Newcastle, is sort of putting more first team, more first yeah. teaming, but kind of swapping that round as well and testing yeah. other players out here and there. I think I don't think Gregory's going as well. Looking at that, no. he's, he's playing every week now until the sudden he's, yeah. or is he playing his way into a move? I can't see it being a move because you don't normally start every week a no. striker you're going to get rid of. Maybe not. The thing is with Greg, we all know he's he's good at holding the ball up, he's good at moving it, and he does seem to get in the right places. Took a good chance against, I think, Leeds. Yeah, down, didn't he? Yeah, yeah it was a good finish, to be fair. Yeah. I, I like we've got options now. Like we, If Gregory's having a couple of bad games, we can bring Fletcher in or Vokes in. Campbell can play on, on the wing or can play up front if he need, if needs be. I think it's it's coming together now. I think this is the first time I'm, I'm actually properly confident that we could have a better season than we've had for the last two. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a tough start for everybody because if you look at the fixtures for September, everyone's playing practically two months worth of football in a month. Yeah, there's a lot and of And then it quietens down again after September. Yeah. But well, it always normally starts off powerful and hard, doesn't it? And then yeah, it dies off a bit. I think, I think there's a, towards the end of September that even in the Premier League, there's like it's like Christmas fixtures. 
It's like, there's one bit where there's like two days between two games sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be a tough month for everybody to get back up and running and you might pick up injuries. So, well, we already have. I mean, Stephen Flex has got a bit of a knock. Ryan Shawcross obviously started against Leeds one team yeah. and then was sucked off, again. went back down, got injured again, which again is a worrying sign. But yesterday or the day before, he did play an under-23s game and did last in 90 minutes. So, I think with Ryan, he just he just needs a bit of a run in the youth side until he can get himself properly up and running. I've got some bubble wrap at work. So just wrap, him up, wrap, him, wrap his knees up and then get him out. It, it's a dodgy situation with Ryan. But it, it seems like we've, we've got now finally a side that could probably handle different kinds of teams. Like I think the last two years we struggled and got absolutely pasted by teams with pace and stuff like that. But I think this time... We've got those options to bring people in for attacking games. sides, defensive sides. Yeah. And it's now cracking teams open. I've, I've already said that I think we're looking very light on the right-hand side. Left, I'm a bit worried. But saying that, Tom Ince had a bit of a run on the left side and got two assists. Played yeah. well against Leeds, Tom Ince yeah. did. The worrying thing with Ince is, as we've seen him do elsewhere in games, even last season, where... He's had he's had a good game and then he's done nothing for five six games. Yeah, yeah. I remember one game where we came back and like, he got slated on praise and grumble, but he had had a really good game that yeah. day and 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 he sort of go, that's what player he is. He's so up and down, isn't he? Yeah, he's so inconsistent. It's frightening. That's his problem because he's a good player. When he's on form, on form and on song, he's a good. He's a very good player. Yeah. The problem is, it's just it's just that hit and miss yeah. that it's hard for a manager to figure out when he's going to hit yeah. there's obviously something in this game that is struggling at the moment to find any consistency but if anyone's going to find it's going to be Michael O'Neill because yeah. I don't think there's going to be many more transfers now It's we haven't got long no it's quietened down it's quietened down on pretty much well it's never really got going on Stoke players really there's not many being linked now no. it hasn't, hasn't for a good month players being linked no I mean I think right across the board it's been reasonably quiet but I mean you've got to think that teams are watching the money big time aren't they because of what's going on with Covid I know the big clubs probably aren't but you've still got to be very wary on what you're spending yeah. it's not like a normal season as it were you go well we'll spend that we'll get it back here and we'll get it back there yeah. teams are genuinely worried about the future Yeah, we're no closer to knowing when we're going back in which yeah. is a financial loss on clubs. So, it's. I think you will see a very quiet window, really. Well, it has been quiet. There's no question yeah. it's been quiet. There's not been many money moves, apart from Chelsea who've been flowing money yeah, everywhere. They've bought another team. They've just bought another team. They've just done another Abramovich, haven't they? Yeah. Just buy a new team, be fine. But well, what, what I've noticed with big COVID transfers is, you know, I normally on Sky, they sort of drag it out for a week. He's just landed off the plane. He's got a taxi. He's on his way. He's late. He's stuck in traffic. Now he's just like, he's here. He's having a medical. I'm like, when did he come over? <laughs> it just, it's, it's sort of like creeping in the back door and then signing up. It, it's very well it's because you know, it's it's like uh, photographers and fingers aren't allowed yeah. everywhere. Oh, they certainly yeah. can't, can't keep an eye on him. And he's just ringing an 811 and then turning up at the ground. Put your mask on. <laughs> There's been, I mean, there's, there's not been much movement at all. I mean, obviously, there's been a link recently today with Ian Dai, who's been linked to Galatasaray, but then Galatasaray have come out and said 
pretty sternly that we're not interested. It's all gone quiet on Besiktas as well, so that look, that moves looks like it's falling apart. No news on Etebo, nothing on Bauer, nothing on Vimy. Butland's completely gone silent and is slightly getting back in the team again now. I'll be tempted to put him on Facebook Marketplace or I die. <laughs> Someone's got to want to. Please take me. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's, there's a few of them though, isn't there? It's not just him. I mean, I know Sorensen's gone out on loan today to MK Dot. No, the other day went to MK Sorensen, yeah. Apparently, uh, he was man of the match as well in that game. It was in a def- 1 0 defeat, but. Um, from what I've read today, Michael O'Neill expects him to be pushing for a starting place next season. I think it's the right thing to do, get him out on loan. Yeah. I, think there's a few, I think Tom Edwards needs that. Because I know there's been a bit of rumours of Tom Edwards getting Blackburn and yeah. a couple of clubs. Now, I don't mind him going as long as it's only on loan. So we can get him, hopefully, some first-team football, see what he's like, and then maybe bring him back in. Tom Edwards could do with a full season somewhere where he's his first choice in the team. He really needs it. He's been two in and out of the team from day one on TV. Yeah. There's quality there. We all know there's quality there. I think at times he's got better attributes than Tommy Smith. He's just not consistent. and yeah. He needs to learn how to defend properly and read a game. And he's not going to get that by sitting in the under-21s and playing five, six games a season. There's a lot of pressure at Stoke as well from, from a lot of angles. And, and I just think sometimes it might be better for him to go into League One where if you lose three games, it's not quite the end of the world like it can be at well, Stoke. I think it would be anywhere if you've lost ten games. <laughs> no, three. Like, oh, lose three, your yeah. game, it, it, it's scrutinised heavily at Stoke, isn't it? whereas if you went to Northampton or somewhere, it might not be. Well, Matty Evington said that in an interview, didn't he? That the thing is with being a Stoke player is that you're right next to the crowd and, it, and if you're having a bad, bad game, they tell you. Yeah. And the thing is with someone like Tom Edwards, if he hasn't got the character, he's too young to build the character. We're going to be on you if yeah. you make mistakes and stuff. And I think we are bad for that. But I think certain players do grow under that under that. Yeah, pressure. well, it's like a tough love thing, isn't it? It's, it's like, um, I think this is like, I mean, we've got to be careful because we are in the era of the snowflakes. You can't say nothing to nobody no more. It was all, when we were, when we left school, used to get scrutinised at work and it was just a way of building you with a thicker skin. It made you harder for for life in the future. At the, when we were on site as apprentices, we got murdered every day. They, yeah. they, they'd make you do stupid things. They they bully you. They time you. Whatever you were doing, just make you laugh. Oh yeah, they got just they got me. You they got me when I was working. Uh, the, when I was in a fabricator, young fabricator apprentice. He said to me, "Oh, I'll go get a long wait, will you?" Yeah. And I was I was only what eighteen, and yeah. I, I didn't really think what was going on. Oh, I just went up. No, I was there. I was there standing upstairs, and I goes, "Apparently, we've got some long waits up here, haven't we? <laughs> you know, a long wait." He just didn't say anything. Man. He just said nothing. He just stayed there, and then just went, "Well, you've had one now, aren't you?" And I clicked. It's like, yeah. oh, for God's sake, yeah. long wait. When I look at, I'm lucky enough that I've had the chance to do it to a lad since with a, a still saw, the bump starting a still saw <laughs> up the drive, yeah, rolling up the drive. And <laughs> I had him for about 40 minutes rolling this still saw up the drive. But Well, I did one and I had to stop him just before he asked. Was it, I had a new lad who was at my place now and I went, hey, just go ask the manager, just go ask him for a reach around. We need yeah. him for this this unit. We need, we need to reach around. He goes okay, and he walked off. Went no, don't, don't say that. Go back here. Don't, that's going too far. Come back. Oh. But, but it's it's like the lesson that he, I mean, if you listen to ex pros say about when they were younger, how they used to 
clean the pro the first team's boots and he'd fetch the kits and then and he'd fetch the balls and then he'd help the kit man and he'd that was your learning at the beginning, wasn't it? That that was your your way of doing it's learning your place, isn't it? Yeah. It's like when Kevin Campbell sat there and said that he used to be there clearing the boots with all the like older players above him, and then one day they go, "Hey, I know you. You played around and the kids take do, do come to the pub with us." And he was like, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> and then when he came back the next day, he was like proud as anything. Yeah. He went for a couple of pints with the first team lads, and they were like, "Oh, can you get me in? Can you get me in?" No, no, I can't. You have to earn your way yeah. in. It's great. Yeah, it is. It's a way of. It's like a. It is a learning curve. I do think. The order it is at the beginning, the tougher you'll be later on. The thing is, if you if you tough on them at the beginning, within a couple of years, they'll give you that extra ten percent for you when you need. I think there's a difference between being hard and, and being fair. Well, as harsh, well, as, as well. You can be too harsh, I think. You, sometimes you can be too harsh. You know, when you literally terrified Paul Scholes because you had to have an hour in the tumble dryer. You know, it's, it's, mm. it's one of them kind of things. Sometimes it goes too far, and it, it is quite ridiculous. The fact is, the way it is now is these kids are coming through. It's like Jude Bellington. He's now at Dortmund on, what, 110 grand a week? Yeah. 17 years of age. But these sort of places like Stoke, there's other grounds in the country, Millwall, Leeds. Them are 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 the games that test you as a character, not as a footballer, as a character. I Brendan Rodgers was here again there. Good character, good character. Can you cope with that? bombardment of abuse and hostile atmosphere over 90 minutes because the thing is that is a part of football and, and I don't think it's a part of football that's going to die anytime soon either I, I do think there's, there's grounds you go to where you know it's going to be a tough afternoon on the pitch and off it and and if you can't handle that then you've got to sort of go well, on and that's what kind of happens isn't it with a lot of young lads where they, they're a talented youngster but never seem to improve they were talking about it on that Tottenham programme that's just come on Prime. And they were talking about Dali Alley that certain players get to a level but then kind of stay at that level and just yeah, go up and down. Don't, and don't they don't get better and better. Like right. Ronaldo struggled in his first couple of years at United because he kept losing the ball, his trickery wasn't getting him anywhere. Yeah, strong enough. But then he sat down with the coaches and said, I need to improve this. How can I do, yeah. do my trickery but get myself somewhere with me? Yeah. Then all of a sudden he's just improved, improved. And every time yeah. he's got a problem, he asks the coaches and they t- yeah. teach him. And then he started adding goals, but not just two or three. Yeah, he's like 30 or 40. Ridiculous amounts of goals. The, the thing is with, with football, with a youngster like Tom Edwards, he needs to get out on loan, but he has to impress on that loan. He has to do what Harry Suter's done, where he's gone Fleetwood on two years and really impressed in them two years. There's no point getting on a loan spell like Tymon did it when he went MK Dons and couldn't get in the side. You've got to go and you've got to you've impress. You've got to get in the side, don't you, and work hard. Because the thing is, sending players to MK Dons isn't isn't that bad an idea because for years they were always pushing the playoffs and they were always that club who they do want to be a big club, don't they? They've got no, a big ground. I hate them. No, but what I'm saying is we've been a bit stupid sometimes sent players to places where you think they really are going to be the whipping boys this season. And, and do you really want that mentality in your lad when you send them? Well, it's not that. It's like when we decided to put one of his prom- one of his best young promises at the time, which was Oliver Shenton, and then we keep loading him to a non-league club when yeah. we're a Premier League club and a Championship yeah. club. How is that ever going to help him? Yeah. You're dropping him to the lowest of the non-league, well, the highest of the non-league tiers. Yeah. 
but expected in what play for 30 odd 40 odd games and become a championship player yeah, so yeah. it's not going to happen at that level yeah. and you could understand when you're dropping down to league one because it's a division below us so yeah. you can understand it at 17 when they take them to league two mm-hmm. as well when they're very young i do get it when they get to about league two send them out for a year see how they get on test the water yeah. at, that, at that level at first team football but then after that, you, you need to be a little bit more competitive divisions, don't you? Yeah, you, you've got to be close to us. It's like when we're in the Premier League and we're loading players out to League One and League Two. There's no yeah. point. They're not. There's no benefit of dropping a player that low. Yeah, they'll toughen them up and they get first team football, but they might get used to that level. And then when they come back to the Premier League, it's like, oh my God, what are these yeah, quick this, players yeah. running around everywhere? Yeah. We've got to be smart when we're as youngsters because I think we've got a good academy. I mean, if you look at the history of Stoke when it's producing young players, all the way up till the 90s, it was it, we had probably one of the best youth setups England's yeah. ever seen, really, if you think about it. Yeah. So the, the quality in this area is here. We know it's here. Well, the thing is with Stoke on Trent, there's, there's a lot of football being played as well, like grassroots. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of football. Well, you've got Adley Town now. We've got a... Legend. Legend and Ricardo Fuller. Yeah, Ricardo yeah. Fuller at 48. But... <laughs> no, it's 40. It? Yeah, but I mean, going back to our younger days, there's a lot of football teams in Stoke. It's not like a small area where there's not really much coaching going on at grassroots, but there is. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, you've got to think as well with Stoke as well. We, For such a small city that we are, because let's face it, we're a city but only by technicality. Yeah. The thing is with Stoke is that we've got Vale. And I don't understand why we don't, especially with two local owners as well, why they don't do a little bit of a deal and go, I tell you what, let's let's do a deal where we send our talent to you. Mm. I still, I've still, I've always said this because the, the reality is, is at our age now, if we turned around to us and said, right, you're working away in Scotland for a year and you just get your stuff and go, you're old enough and ugly enough to look after yourself. At 16, 17, you get sent out alone to somewhere. It's your first time away from your mum and dad. It's a scary thing at the beginning. Yeah, when you're you're calling ugly now, are you? Oh, I'm going to say. Forty hell look at that mirror. It's like looking at young Jason Statham. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't get a new mirror. <laughs> yeah, I'm not yeah. changing that mood, Terry. <laughs> Um, yeah, I know what you mean. mean. I know what you mean. If you, I wouldn't mind sending a couple of his lads out up Scotland, it'd be a great learning curve for him, especially up there because it's it is hard, it's hard a, football. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, that if you can utilise a Vale, a Crew, a Shrewsbury, because let's face it, most of these kids drive by as soon as they turn seventeen. They got the money. They have got the money for doing the lessons. Oh yeah, because if you if you send it, if you send a young lad local. You can come home. It makes it easy because they can come home. Yeah. And then if they do live in Stoke or whatever, they can go to Vale, go home and say, well, I'm, I'm still yeah. playing local. Sometimes it can even be closer. So you actually only oh, be closer. It's great this. Yeah. But they don't think like us. Do you know what we say? Oh, it's great to, I don't know, because we've just joined that gym. Yeah, it's 10 minutes down the road, but footballers don't think like that. It's Because yeah. it, it, at the end of the day, if we had Harry Suter, we're not going to send him Vale because... He's just been Fleetwood for two years. He were in yeah, League One flying. club. Yeah. We were trying to get in the championship. Yeah, which I make it makes sense. But what I'm saying is, is when the thing is, suits us a little bit closer to being ready. When he sees kids at 15, 16, and they go right, we're going to get him out on loan, and you go, them at the time, send them Vale, Walsall, Shrewsbury, yeah, Oldham, the, the, where they can drive home. 
At the end of the day, Walsall's, it's a 40-minute run. Yeah, they do it most yeah. days. It's not a far run if you drive it. You wouldn't live around there even if you were payment. Well, no. No. That's really worth working around there. Yeah, it's, you're not restricted to just teams like right next to us. They can be a 40-minute drive. They can still come home at night. Yeah. It's not... Well, it's not night really. It's more like in the afternoon, but yeah. Um, I just think sometimes you see it and you go, "Oh, he's gone out alone. Where's he gone? Well, he's gone Rochdale." And you're thinking, "It's about two hours there. It's a right awkward drive, yeah. Rochdale." And you, 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 sometimes when we loan players out, I think we've suited each worked. And sometimes it's like Beershik as well. We've loaned him out again. I can't remember where he's gone now. I think it's League One, and he's gone again. I don't think Jack's going to go. I don't. No. I think there might be some movement if there's some movement in the Premier League but I can't see Pope going Chelsea now because I, I don't think they can spend any more money you never know it might happen but I can't see it happening so he's not going to go Southampton he's not going to go um, who was it with West Ham West Ham were linked so I can't see I can't see Jack going so I think Jack will be staying now and it's a shame really because I wanted to see Davies get that number one spot and make it his own and yeah, he wasn't doing that great he was doing good yeah he's a, he a good goalkeeper Davies but the thing is when you've got somebody who's on 50 grand a week and we can't shift him you've got playing and I have to say from what I've seen of Jack in the last two games he's not been playing bad either no, he's done alright yeah, yeah. to be fair so he knows he's under pressure and he's he doesn't want to lose his place at Stoke and he's got to sit on the bench at Stoke for a year because his career is yeah, over he is. He's, yeah. he's pretty much over because <coughs> he, 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 there's an example at Tottenham which can look to and go bloody hell a career can go wrong quick look at Joe Hart dropped another clanger last night yeah the two yeah uh, sadly so the, the thing you've got you've got to be careful and I think sometimes with our youngsters I think now our youngsters are starting to get a bit of press behind them because of Campbell's broken Edwards has broken Belinden's had a bit of time League One clubs are now starting to sniff around going yeah we'll take a stoke while on loan because yeah. before You've got to think the nineties. We we had like one, two players or three that broke through and yeah. made impacts. Yeah. So our like youth academy was not well looked, looked at. No. So I mean, Valinden's back in training now, which is a great sign. So yeah. I mean, I wouldn't like send him out on loan. I know it's I know it's like obviously he's been injured since the derby game. Yeah. Um, but I'd, I'd more prefer him be nurtured at Stoke, really. To get back to fitness. The thing is, with Valinda, I want him on the bench. Really, I want him. It's an impact sub. It's an impact sub because he he has got trickery about him. Yeah, he's a rough. He's a rough diamond at the moment because that's what I've seen him. When I've seen him on the pitch, yeah, he looks a rough diamond. So we've got to like mould him and shape him. Yeah, because there's us, parts of, there's parts of his game where what you can see anyway, you think he could be literally devastating on a daily basis. He he is so frighteningly quick once he gets an half a yard in front of him he's, he's gone and, and like you say he's got trickery there's little bits that need tweaking he's crossing sometimes he hangs on the ball a little bit too long but them are all traits of a youngster aren't they that just need ironing out here and there because I genuinely think if you could keep him fit for a full season he could play a much higher level than Stoker if he, if he worked on Yeah, if he, if he if yeah. get him to start putting that consistency in. To be honest, find him a position. I mean, Lassie Sorensen, since he started to be in the plans of Michael O'Neill, has improved as a player. There's no question that he's been coming off the bench or playing for Emily's and he's, he's done good. Yeah. Um, 
I think it's just right for him now to go out on that loan and he'll play there. Mm. He'll play at MK Dons, he'll get game because they pushed him straight in. He's impressed the manager day one. Yeah. So he's got his full, he's got a good opportunity now to get 40-odd games behind him, come back to Stoke really? as a player that could maybe replace McCall in a couple of years. Because yeah. that's what we've realistically got to do because as transfer business, even though... It's not great, it's not bad either. It, it's not great, but it's not bad either. It, it's sort of in the middle because of the age groups. But when you've got young players coming through... But that's nice to hear from Michael O'Neill to say that he wants Sorensen to come back at the end of this season, looking at pushing for a starting place, which means that instead of... One bad thing Stoke have done over the last few years is never thought of what, what's happening in 18 months time yeah, we're only ever interested yeah. in what's happening now that's Stoke's probably biggest problem in the board yeah. level as we think too much on it now it's 2014-15 when the cracks started to show a little bit now and again you're looking at the team going Crouch knocking on Adam yeah. knocking on Whelan knocking on we had so many players who were like creeping towards the end of the career and you were going and we've got no one replacing. So it was, you, we sort of saw it coming before it happened. Oh yeah, I, I knew what was going to happen. Yeah. I knew what was going to happen. I thought they were going to... Because the problem is with the way we've been doing business and the problem, especially in the Premier League, is the problem is you start relying on a player, then you bring a replacement in that's rubbish, i.e. in Bueller, yeah. i.e. well, and Dye didn't really get a lot of chance in the Premier, Premier League to steady in. But the problem is with that, that way of thinking that the problem is that you start relying on him too much, but then because you've let that go, he starts becoming too old. He starts getting too old. Then all of yeah. a sudden you've got you've got to spend two hundred million to replace everybody yeah. to to a good level standard, and it just keeps happening. And he yeah. just and then the team starts rotting away because it's getting too old because they haven't replaced these players properly. Like if you look at Southampton, the reason why I think they've been in the Premier League so long now, even with struggling times, is because they are good at replacing a player with a player that they'll have for a season who's around the squad but then a year later he'll replace someone yeah. like Ramiro's dropped off so they brought Lamina in who yeah. didn't work out but then they brought another player in and there's always somebody to slot in but with Stoke it was just he'll play in the first team fails and then you've got to yeah. play Adam more then so we'll Adam gets back in the side yeah well we'll see Lamina this season because he's dropped to Watford on loan I thought he was going for him Fulham is it? Yeah, Fulham yeah, is Fulham, Fulham, yeah. Gone. yeah, gone there. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like I say. I mean, it, it, the thing is, the maddest thing is, one of Campbell's first loan spells was nearly four years ago now. Yeah, um, and yeah. and it's it's been a progressive climb. That's a good right question for now. everybody now. Which which club did he go first on loan? Did he went Shrewsbury twice. He went Shrewsbury twice, but there's one before as well. Was there one before? Yeah. Have you got any clues? No, I can't remember myself. <laughs> You've got the question, but I have got the answer. <laughs> I've got the question, but not got the answer. It's it's one of them with youngsters like Campbell. It did impress on his loan spells though, didn't he? When he went out to both spells to Shrewsbury, he did do incredibly well. And I've got that completely wrong. It was to Shrewsbury. I thought it was twice because he went. He went. Yeah, he did go of, twice, but I thought there was yeah. someone before. He went, it wasn't he went the season we went down, I think, uh, in the January. Yeah, he had two loan spells. And he went again, didn't he? Yeah, he had two January loan spells. He had two half seasons, and then. Yeah, and then Stoke said, "No, we're gonna we're gonna keep him this time and keep him yeah, going." Yeah, because he went when Jones come in, didn't he? That all, the first half of yeah, season, yeah, that's after yeah. hours. Yeah, so he did he did two back to back 
six months, didn't he, at Shrewsbury? Yeah, yeah, you joined him twice in January, yeah. 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 Um, but there, there you go, from a, from a backroom view, that's a player that, in the background, they have been slowly working on. I mean, Sonnenson played Prem for us. Yeah, he did, yeah. He, Which, made, he made his debut in the Premier League yeah. Yeah, against Brighton in the final game, didn't he? Yeah. But it is nice to see that O'Neill's thinking more in the future. But I, th- I think that's the best way to do it though with youngsters. I think the best way, because this is why I think Tom Edwards would go out on a good loan spell. Because I think that ones who have succeeded are ones who tend to get in around the squad, then go out on loan. Because they've got an idea of what they need to get to. Yeah, and then yeah. they'll work it Played to a bit of football. Football on loan. Yeah. And he'll get stronger and they'll start figuring it out. Because yeah. for me, Campbell's still a rough diamond. He's got great ability and he's probably our best player on on with ability on wise. Yeah. But he's still a rough diamond. He still isn't yeah. that lethal player that we, we need at yeah. the moment that's in, that you look at and go and I think that's a big reason why Fletcher has come in. Because he, he isn't quite hundred percent sure on Campbell yet. Yeah, you do hear a lot of ex pros saying that I would have played four or five games in the first team, then I went out on loan. Oh yeah, loads of players did he yeah, and, he, and he's just finding that because I think Frank Lampard had said it that he played for West Ham and then gone, I'm not tough enough, and I, I, I need strengthening up. So he went, I think he went Luton. Yeah, I think um, he went somewhere, yeah. Same it was back it. in the day when the lower league was like Sunday league football, they were all rough as nails. Who played in it then? <laughs> <laughs> the big proper men. Well, Beckham did it as well, didn't he? He yeah. wasn't sure on Beckham at the time, so he sent him to Preston. You had, um, what's his name as well? It's Tottenham. It, well, West Ham at the time, Defoe. Yeah. Went on loan to Bournemouth in League Two, yeah. toughened him up a bit, you know, because he'd look like a child. So it's one of them with with certain players. I think loan spells do do work out, but I think and somebody said this to me a while ago as well. That when players go out on loan before they've even kicked the ball at, at the club they're at, it's because they haven't got they got no interest in them. No. You know, that's what it tends to happen because yeah. we had even Harry Kane I think made three start well three appearances for Tottenham before he went to all them loan spells so there was still yeah. like an idea of what he needs to get up to because he's yeah. played in the Premier League or played at the club he's, he's yeah and I think yeah I think he did I think he did play pretty much a full season for Leicester one season I think they were all short loans yeah he went Norwich didn't he went uh, Leicester yeah. Millwall once he went Millwall for a bit because yeah. I think he played with Vardy at last when they were in the championship really yeah they were on about saying what a deadly strike horse it was like um, but yeah it, it does work and, and you've seen it with other clubs before because remember for a spell that Chelsea used to loan everyone to Bolton all the time Marcus Alonso played for Bolton on loan from Chelsea no he was, was abroad then Bolton got him permanently Oh, did they? Yeah, but he was a midfielder. He did send a few there, though, if I remember right. Yeah, back in the time. Um, yeah, because no kids. He was supposed to join him on loan. Which means that, is it one of them sometimes, if you trust another club with your young lads, you're more willing to send other lads there Well, I think, the it, I think it is, because, I mean, if you look at, like, because uh, I think what certain clubs do, it's like Harry Suits has gone to Fleetwood, first season, done well, so so could gone, yeah, you could have another year. Just yeah. to help him improve, and then because the thing is now, I think Suits is ready. He's an Australian, full and Australian international now, playing international football. Yeah, he's been getting games. I think Suits is ready. This is why I don't understand the James Chester sign. Yeah. I, I still don't understand why we brought him in. I, I don't get it. Yeah, I'd have been, I'd have been probably looking at him starting now. 
That's what I mean. I think yeah. we've got two good youngsters there. Nathan Collins doesn't need a loan because he's he's been impressing me every time. He, every single time Nathan Collins goes on the pitch now for Stoke, he impresses me more each time he goes on. Yeah. And the lad's only what seventeen, eighteen. Yeah. So and he'll only get so far as he as a human of going. I'm sick of being ignored. You've been watching Brendan Rodgers way too much, you have, haven't you? Why is he so human? You know, of course, he says it every other day. Yeah, he? yeah, he's a good human. He is beautiful but human being. It's a human being, yeah. <laughs> but just the thing is, even at a young age, you still got to look at it at some point and think, "Oh, I am ready." But what is, are you going to do with me? But is Harry Suter a beautiful human being? Well, <laughs> he, he could be, well be, but. <laughs> I, I, I know obviously I think sometimes you are blessed to play professional football I get that but when you look at the performances they are putting in when they do get on the pitch you're ready to play football aren't they I think I, he, I think sometimes I think the good thing of Michael O'Neill because he's been manager of a poor like international side like Northern Ireland you haven't got a big crop to pick from so sometimes you have to delve into the youth setup to bring through talent, and yeah. he's done that with obviously Jordan Thompson, quite a few other youngsters that have broke through. Joel Lewis is one as well, the one who's at Norwich. Yeah. The thing is with Michael O'Neill is that I think he knows how and when to bring youngsters in. Because yeah. Mark Hughes was horrendous at it, and so was Tony Pugh. He just chucked him in against Man United. Yeah. <laughs> and goes, <Want> some? <laughs> Go on, Mark Ronaldo. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's timing and knowing when to do it. I think it's like when Lambert brought Sorensen in against Brentford, uh, Brighton, sorry. And he was like, yeah, we're down. Might as well just get him. It doesn't yeah. matter. Just get, get him in, so get, get him used to the level. And I think that the good thing is of our academy at the moment is we are seemingly bringing them through. I mean, that blondie, that goalkeeper's been on the bench a lot of times during the friendlies. I don't think he's had any game time, but he's only a young goalkeeper, so he's obviously looking at mind. And I think the thing is with our goalkeeper situation is that I think they are still hesitant to bring a goalkeeper in because we've got two talented young goalkeepers in the academy that we obviously want to bring through. Bezik's already playing football. He was number one for Accrington for most of the last season. He's got he's got out on loan again where he's probably going to be a number one again. I think goalkeeping wise, Davies is the right age for be number one for a while while these youngsters break their way through and make names for themselves. Yeah. It's um It's nice to see it is because at the end of the day a lot of people said to me that we just don't see enough of it. We don't see enough coming through. And and it is nice that we are starting to see these young lads come through. Because the thing is, they do make a difference. Give us legs, because let's face it, we are but blessed with a lot of pace. We? Well, now we've got the oldest squad in the league. <laughs> <laughs> if we have pace, it's a miracle. I mean, at the end of the day, I think that's what the... I think that's what the claw... Because I said the other week, like last week on the on the pod, that I didn't know what the plan was. Because when you bring old men in, there's not that much sort of long-term agenda there when you're bringing in 33-year-olds and you're bringing 30-year-olds and stuff like that in. But when you've got young players that might not be ready yet but have got ability to do that in the future, if you, I can understand, like James Chester, if we de- definitely didn't think that Harry Suit was ready. But let's be honest, if, if Ryan comes back in the next couple of weeks and gets sharp and gets his... And gets back in the first team. Yeah. James Chester then is on the bench 
And for a 31-year-old, 32-year-old, he just wastes a space for a youngster like Collins or Suter to get the opportunities. Well, we've said this before, haven't we? we can't, I can't keep na- like nursing him forever. Because the reality is, you're only in this game for a short period of time and there's always a younger lad coming through who's desperate for play. And every time he turns up and comes down injured, he can't carry on. He can't, whether he's a club legend or not, whether everybody loves him, somewhere along the line, we've got to cut, we've got to say what, what's the Well, I've, I said a while ago, and I'm still saying it now, he needs this season and he's, he's got to get himself match sharp yeah. and back in again. This season, because if, if he keeps breaking down all the season, then it's, well, it's the obviously is, time to tie. Well, we want a, a steady back four that's not rotating every week. So if you're willing to put Shawcross in for a first team game, then it's breaking up a, a back four that might have been doing all right. He's got to be able to get in that back four and stay in it. And yeah. The problem is he's not managing 90 minutes at first team level, is he? Well, he's... No, no, well, it's not now. No, <laughs> not at first team level. He's, he's basically been on the pitch three times and, and, and broke down three times. Broke down three times, so it's it's not great news, is it? I mean, no. with the fingers of Ryan, he, he is undoubtedly a Stoke City icon. Really, he's he's been at the club for well, well, nearly twelve years now. Into coming on thirteen yeah, years. I can't, I can't deny all that. But sometimes you've got to be careful how sentiment you are. You can't, you can't be too sentimental over things all the time. Yeah, he's been a great player for Stoke. Yeah, he, he's stuck by us when he could have moved to bigger clubs and stuff. And he, he's he's been through everything with us. But it's somewhere along the line, something's got to change. Oh, yeah, eventually. Yeah. Eventually, that every player hits a time when he has to retire. Ronaldo will, Messi does. Everybody will hit a time where you go, right, that's enough now. Yeah. It's, it's just a shame how it's going and, and, and I want to give him this season because I just want to give him that chance to get back because the thing is he's only 32 coming on 33 so he's still got years left in him he's got a couple of years he's got he? a couple of years left mm-hmm. and what I want him to do is to get us up as a final swan song and say thank you yeah been nice seeing left the title once like I, I know we're, we're talking Confident, I know, but it would be nice to see that. Um, but the thing is, there's plenty of other players who, who were legends at clubs and didn't manage to lift the trophy, but will always be a, a well remembered at, at clubs. You can't, you can't dwell on it too much. The thing is, I saw an article this week about Messi obviously staying at Barcelona, and someone said, "All right, fair enough. You sign Messi at Manchester City, your shirt sales will go through the roof." Well, the Abu Dhabis aren't bothered about shirt sales. The Messi you're getting isn't the Messi from five no, years ago. Yeah, the thing is, he's 33. He's 33. He's not going to turn the Man City upside down, <laughs> is he? He's at the back end of his career. It's, it would have been interesting to know, but to be fair, he wasn't at Barcelona. He wanted to stay at Barcelona. On a business venture, you'd earn a lot of money off him turning up. Because he's the biggest, one of the biggest players in the world. I'd say he's the biggest player in the yeah. world, Messi. So, too. as far as bringing investors in, shirt sales, everything. As a business venture, it'd work. But on a footballing team, is he going to chip? Yeah, he's still, got legs. he's still got legs though, hasn't he? The, the thing is with like Messi, last season I think he scored 42 goals or something. So when you're looking at it, he's still got legs. He'd still be a great player for City. Some of the people were talking about he was going to win at the Champions League twice in a row. And you just go, come on. 
Well, the reason why I want to leave ball slow is because they haven't won it for something like five, six years. So that the eight one against Blinders, you may think. Well, basically no. But it's one of them with football. You know, Messi wants to go City and all this kind of stuff. I know what's up with him it's because people keep judging him, going, "Yeah, but you've only played in Spain." So he's getting in his head now. Yeah. But the thing is, I think it's come too late. If he was like 28, 29 and thought, no, I'm going to try it in a different league, you'd go, yeah, fair enough, I understand. Yeah, but when you're, moving, four years when you're moving to the hardest league in world football, when you're 33, it's a big ask. To me, it, it sounds a bit like stereotyping a bit, but I think you've only got one big move in you at 28 left. Yeah, you have, yeah. At 28, 29, you've got one big move left in you. And then after that, your next move is going to be a mediocre one. Right, so unless you're Ronaldo. Yeah, but he's superhuman, isn't he? He's just keeps, <laughs> like, which fitter every What's year. What's <laughs> Nearly 40. He says he's superhuman, doesn't he? <laughs> um, like 39 now and just yeah, signed again so, for AC Milan. Yeah. Like I say, normally, most people come 28, 29, that's their last big move. You've even got, I mean, David Silver signed for Saucier, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's he's thirty-five now. Exactly. Like so to me, twenty-eight, twenty-nine, you get a three-year, four-year contract somewhere. That's your last move. This is why I've been on about it this week about Bale. If he's gonna go, he needs to go now. He's thirty-two now. Yeah, he's got. He wants one big move left. He's he's pushing it. Yeah, he needs got to move. But you see, his attitude seems to be like, well, if no one's gonna match me wages, then and no one's gonna pay. No one's getting paid them wages. wages. So no. so. It's one of them with football. When you essentially back with Stoke, I mean, there's a big difference between Gareth Bale and Messi, obviously, compared to Stephen Fletcher. But I think sometimes clubs tend to go for the experienced man because because what because he brings that experience. But it's like Fletcher's been breaking down. He's had two little snags since yeah. he's been breaking into the first team. He wasn't fit for Newcastle. He might not be fit for Millwall. So... This is what happens when you get players who are yeah. that, that who haven't got the legs. You're always taking a big risk um, with any, even if they are one of the best. You're always taking a risk. You, you always are. Don't get me wrong. Some players, I mean, from what I gather, Rooney at Derby has been good off the pitch for the younger lads and stuff. He's been he's been yeah. quite. He's done well, sort of helping the the kids and stuff through. So. Forget the football inside, he's doing a good side on a coaching level as well. well the, while he's, uh, the thing is with Rooney though, it's different compared because like, like a lot of people are saying, how come we didn't get a player like Rooney? Because we aren't going to offer him a managing job. That's yeah. the reason why I didn't... The only reason why Rooney's gone Derby is for one reason, one reason only. Yeah, he's replacing Philip Cocking yeah. when the next management job comes up. Yeah. It's the only reason why he's gone there. Yeah. Play a bit of football, get a bit of recognition in a terrible side in the Midlands know the club inside out when you take it yeah over. and then move in as, yeah. as a manager and they're hoping another Frank Lampard yeah so it's one of them really and you know when we've got Michael O'Neill we might have been able to get a Rooney on a free transfer but he's going oh could he be the next manager no <laughs> and he's like oh I'll go Derby then they'll have anyone yeah. which he will because they're scum yeah. but it's I think at times that Especially when you bring in an old man, I keep saying it. I'm struggling to see the plan of where Stoke are going, because if we say if we did miraculously go up, we're gonna have to spend millions yeah. to rebuild that side ready for the Premier League. Yeah, absolute millions. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking to in the nowadays market. You're probably talking how much Messi's worth. Two, three hundred million. You're gonna have to spend. Yeah. Let's get Messi in. But, <laughs> <laughs> 
Can he do it on a Tuesday night? <laughs> that was something what we talk about as well with with, with it. With it. It's like all the videos and pictures of Messi going up, they were absolutely brilliant, some of them. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then someone put it, I think it was like some link on Facebook where we all know where Messi's going, you click on it, and it's, it's him in a car with Delisle screaming out there. Yeah. Um, I think the, the most the most uh, wanted answer in football uh, might be answered when Messi can you do it on a Tuesday night. All we need is to get promoted first. Just to bloody hell, there's a lot. There's a lot. What's going to happen for this game? Every, everybody just wants to go. Can Messi do it on a cold night on Tuesday? Are we all in work on Tuesday? No. Well, it's the FA Cup draw. We want to see Stoke get Man City. <laughs> Stoke on a Tuesday night. What do we need to Saturday? <laughs> no, we'd be moved for Tallyvars. We moved to a Tuesday. <laughs> to be fair, he probably would. He probably would. He probably would. Tuesday, just yeah. move it to a Tuesday night. Yeah. So Stoke have got City at, at, at the back three. Yeah, move it Tuesday night. <laughs> that it's probably definitely Tuesday. Get it yeah. moved. What's the weather like? No, it's it's good that week. It's snowing next. Getting down. Getting down the battalion. Seventy miles an hour. Get it on. Come on. <laughs> little little messy freezing. <laughs> Pick on. Uh, gloves on. And some body warmth. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Yeah. It, 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 yeah, it was funny, but. I don't know. He, what, uh, the thing is, we've been quite blessed as Stoke fans for seeing someone of the calibre of Ronaldo on our pitch. We really haven't. Yeah, I know. The, the thing is, Ronaldo was garbage. When I saw him playing at Stoke, yeah, Wilkinson had him in his pocket. He was kicking. He, he, he couldn't move anywhere. Yeah. Bang. <laughs> we've, we've seen some big, big footballs come down Stoke over the last sort of 10 years. It, it's, yeah, David Silva, Aguero, yeah, Tevez. Fernandinho, I loved him. Chicharito. Yeah, Falcao. May not be great at United, but still a big European player. Yeah. Um, Jamie Vardy. Well, yeah. <laughs> Thinking about it, yeah. So Harry Kane. <laughs> Harry Kane. Yeah. It, it, we've, some of the European Shevchenko, players. Shevchenko, we played Dynamo Kiev. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, we have been, but Messi is that last. Sort of he's the only one I haven't seen yet. Yeah. He's the only one I haven't really seen. Yeah, I've seen Zlatan, seen Rooney. Well, Rooney won a great, but seen Giggs, Scholes. I've seen. I've seen most of them. I've seen Mark Hughes, Peter Schmeichel. Uh, we yeah. obviously Stoke, Drogba. Drogba was. He was alright. Drogba was. Thierry Henry. Yeah. You know, I've seen. I've seen them all really. Messi's probably the only one I haven't really seen. Messi's like the diamond that. Once in a lifetime, see kick a ball, aren't you? Really, unless well, you go ball. I did watching. miss out on a lot, though. We missed out on Figo, Nedved, Del yeah. Piero. But that was the 90s, we weren't in the top flight then. No. I mean, I've seen Vieri because I've been San Siro watching to Milan, but I remember when I saw Paula Stoke against Arsenal in the FA Cup. Yeah, I can remember seeing Ray Paul when he played for Middlesbrough. Yeah. <laughs> as well. Uh, Gaza as well when he played for Middlesbrough. Oh, Gaza, yeah, in the FA Cup, yeah. yeah. He was crap. We never did. did we see, we did actually. We did. I think we did. We played against Middlesbrough and Janinia was there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. The, the, the Palace. Yeah. No. Palace. No, we didn't see Ravenelli. When he was at Palace. Oh, that was yeah, until Lombardo. Lombardo. That was. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, I thought he had about four spells at Palace. He had one. Yeah. But <laughs> he was there until a few times. Coming back. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, it's it's he has the he has the one that you. you You'd pay money for but, going to see but him was, If you're going to sit down now, if someone's going to ask you who was the best player you've seen at Stoke? Lately? No, any any time. Do a top five. Do, just pick, pick your top five then. 
Fernandinho's up, up but, there. But I mean, performance-wise. Fernandinho's up there. Fernandinho. I'm, I'm telling you now, a lot of people are going, hey, and I'm telling you now, if it weren't for him, I think it was the year we went down. If it weren't for him that day, they wouldn't have beat us that day. He was absolutely everywhere. I'd love to see how many miles he covered on that pitch in 90 minutes. But he was absolutely... He was like... It was just that performance where you're watching him going, I'm watching him more than I'm watching the actual game. Yeah. Because he was that good on the day. Man, man will surprise you, I'll be honest. Well, I've got a surprising one, and I've said it a million well, no, times. No, I think pretty much all mine are surprising. Well, this one's surprising as well, because we won the game, and he was by far the best player on the pitch, and it's Jimmy Bullard. Jimmy Bullard? Yeah. Uh, we played all one Saturday. Jimmy Bullard? Yeah, he was absolutely brilliant. Say it again, because we don't think people heard that. Well, I think people know who he is. The Bulldog. Yeah. <laughs> he, he just bossed yeah, the game. Yeah, he did play well. I remember the game, yeah. He bossed the game. He was yeah. everywhere. And every time he got the ball, he either pulled him out the mire and got it forward. He was getting on the wings. He was on the left. He, he was all round it was. He was everywhere. He was, he was a good player ball. Yeah. And, but they had nothing up top. And, and, and that was the thing. That he was doing it all for nothing. And he sort of saw him walk off the pitch sort of like completely dejected. And the thing is, when we do go down south, south next time, we're going to go in his pub because apparently he's in there all the time. Is he? So we'll go in there and say, hey, what is the bulldog? Yeah, the podcast. <laughs> um, yeah he, he's definitely... Uzi's as well, I think. I'd put him in Suarez. I remember what, was it Boxing Day, I think? When we lost 4-2, was it? Yeah, he, he, he was he was he just couldn't get a ball off him. He's such a strong for a young for such a small player. He's got so much power and strength. And no, from the championship, right? Well, I've got a few from the. I remember Uzi coming down Stoke when before we went in the prem, and he absolutely ripped his apart. And, and to be honest, he was at the back end of his career. Uh, Darren Ockerby. Darren Ockerby. He, he got mauled by the fans for about seventy minutes and scored right at the end, and he literally ran all the way past the dugout and was like proper giving the fans loads of sticks and hammering all game. <laughs> but he, he, he was brilliant absolutely brilliant he was lightning quick he was he's so good, he's good quick. player yeah, I think he's one of them underrated players Hardy Darren Huckabee he was a very good player he was a bit of a utility as well, as well. he was a good player so who's your final and your favourite ever I can't say him I can't say him because he annoyed me every time but he is a secret it's number six because he always scored against us he was a pain in the arse every time he come Tim Cale Tim Cale. Oh, he's the best player you've seen. No, he had the best player. Well, that's what I said, last one. Best ever. I don't know. I'd, he'd have to ask me that question next week. Why? I don't know. I can't ask it again. We're not, we don't really repeat on here. We're not, we're not like everyone <laughs> we're else. Repeat on a Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to put a pod out on Wednesday. Oh, oh by the way, Mark said it was... Uh... <laughs> it's like, it was so Len- I remember Lennon used to play well down Stoke. Every t- who's, I'll tell you who's the best one. Like, I'll, I'll go with someone recent. Because he absolutely ripped us apart every year. And that's William from Chelsea. William. Yeah, he he murdered us every year. He, every time he got the ball, he guaranteed he was going to run past four or five wrong players every time. He was a nightmare. He was so quick. But then there's loads of others. I thought Drogba always did well down so. Yeah. When he come. Well, I'll go into mine now. Uh, top five. Taylor, who played for West Brom. I, I think his name was Gary. Gareth Taylor. Scored against Stoke every time I watched him watched play against West Ham. See, is that the best performance or just annoy you because he scored every time? No, but that's what I'm going from yeah. because there's not many players in the Premier League or where out that kept re-repeating. But Taylor, every time he played against Stoke, he was the scored. best striker. He just scored all the time. Another one was Dali Adebole. 
every, it seemed like he only ever turned up against Stoke. He's <laughs> crap all the time. <laughs> I couldn't even score an hat-trick against us. He scored a double once. It didn't matter who he played for as well. I, I remember we played uh, somebody when he was right at the end of his career. We played somebody on the Cup. I think it was the League Cup. He must have been dagging him. It was somebody in the lower leagues. And he scored again. <laughs> about 41 or something bang goal again oh, Dali Adebola he's always the man I think of because he every week I remember getting there again he was playing Coventry Dali Adebola scored <laughs> yeah <laughs> and he did he scored a lot against us as well I'm sure he was a pain there at Coventry Gary McSheffrey yeah and Leicester actually as well yeah and he played for every club in England yeah. at one point and then getting towards like your Premier League sides, Wayne Rooney always always seems always seems to perform against Stoke. Yeah. Fantastic performances for United and of course did it again with Derby. Brilliant. He was saying that he was brilliant and that probably the only good game he had in that second spell at Everton was the opening day at Goodison Park where he scored the winner. He's he's always performed well against Stoke, Rooney. Then because I hate him so much, but he was always brilliant as well, was Ian Bogey at Vale. He's the best player I've seen at Vale, Ian Bowie. Yeah. He was brilliant against Stoke every time. And he he, he was just he just su- such a good player every time. Yeah. Got stuck in, moved well with the ball, used to score loads of goals as well. Hated him as well. He absolutely hated Ian <laughs> I still do now, I hate him. Absolutely hate him. I might give him on the pod for an interview and just call him a break. I don't endorse that, don't do that. But the best player I've seen at Stoke was Gareth Bale. Yeah, he did point. Ga- Gareth Bale when he was at Tottenham was that. Was, I mean, that the goal, the goal, the, the goal, the best goal I'd seen at Stoke. Yeah. Um, apart from obviously Crouches, because that's the best on any list. But Bale was was special. You, yeah. you could see there was something special about Bale when he played against Stoke. Yeah. Every time he ten, was, ten out of ten. Every yeah. time he played against Stoke, brilliant play. Yeah. It's uh, it's such a such a quality goal. It's close, quite close in as well, really. It's not miles out, but just the technique how he gets because his ball's quite high when he gets it. Yeah, and yeah. The technique yeah. for it. Well, he hit it. He hit it. An unusual volley stand. Mm. It was a high volley as well, which is rare. But it wasn't just that goal. It was just his overall performances. He just he just made it as we just couldn't deal with him. No. And it's why we were struggled against Tottenham because Bale just ruined us every yeah. time. Yeah. So for me, easily he was the best player I've seen play against Stoke. Thing is, though, you see, you see when you obviously when you go so many games, you see individual performances now and again. Where, like I said about the Bullard one, where he probably come down again another time and maybe wasn't quite as effective. Jeffrey Schlock come down with Leicester one year and absolutely murdered us. He couldn't he couldn't catch him. He was so fast and but he come down again elsewhere and didn't really do a lot. And, yeah. and, and, do you know what I mean? And he sort of go, I mean, it was that lad who scored the hat-trick for Chelsea against the Spanish, and he left, didn't he? he only went three years. Oh, Maratti. Yeah, he, God, he was he was frightening on the day. Yeah, he was brilliant that yeah. day. I thought, I, I come over to you, I'm going, oh, Chelsea got a good striker there. Yeah. He didn't score again. No. <laughs> that was that. <laughs> it was one of them with it. It was like, I mean, the reason why I put Dali Adebola in there is because, he could have the worst game possible and then just score the winner. Score, yeah. And it was like, oh my God. I, I, Ian Bogey, you he, he, he could see he loved the rivalry between yeah. Stoke and Vale. And he turned up and I remember every time Gates with Dad or Ian Bogey's playing. It's all right, I'll get stuck in. James O'Connor will rip him off, which luckily he did. Well, you see, that's not a great you see a lot of players like that, though, turn up for the big games. Who was it? Was it one for that? United. Darren Fletcher. 
about City and Liverpool hated him, the team sheet when he was like, it was crap. <laughs> every time you say, yeah, he's not that great. Oh, it's City, uh, United, he'd score. He'd score every time there was a derby game on. Yeah. Just turned up for that game. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Uh, I'd say at times, Arnie was like that for Stoke as well. Oh, the big games he loved. The yeah, big he loved games. the big games. Yeah, he he was on telly, he'd say, Arnie might score today. I'm on telly. I'm on telly. That'd be it. He'd be, he'd be up for it, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he'd up for it then. Yeah. He was like that, turned yeah. up for the big games. Yeah, turned up for the big games all the time. Which is not a great trait to have, because you should treat every game as big as the last one, in my opinion. I think a lot of players who have got ability like Arn out of it, I think they do it against the bigger clubs to try and get signed by one or two of them. Yeah, that, which is proven. It's proven with him now, and then now he's... Well, that really went West Ham. It's the biggest side step you've ever seen, that, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, but if you look at West Ham on paper, they look like they were going places. But then they really haven't really got, yeah, anywhere, they got anywhere. They just sold one of the record yeah. lines to West Brom. Because let's face it, if Arnie had stayed at Stoke, there'd have been a statue of him in 20 years. No. I think they would have. But yeah, we can't even get one for Neil Franklin, one of England's greatest ever defenders. Nowadays, I reckon if he'd have stayed and got us to another cup final or something, we'd have moved forward like we always want, we all wanted. I don't think there was a statue now. No. Mm, I think they might have been. We haven't even got one for Jimmy Greenoff, and he's probably technically our greatest ever player. Oh, my dad says so anyway. If you if you said otherwise, he'd just call you a fool. <laughs> well, a lot of people say it without you, don't they? So yeah. But it's something we brought up with Angela a while ago, wasn't yeah. it? About well, to, to be honest, I was thinking about this the other day, and I, I thought because I was looking at the FIFA 100 list, and Neil Franklin came out of out as England's best defender, and how that man who came from I think Hanley or Fenton hasn't got a statue of Stoke is is frightening. Shit. Yeah. This this defender outside outside of England, he's actually more adored than he is in England. Yeah, and he's from Stoke on Trent, and there's nothing. In, in the days when you said that one should have gone up before the Banks one. Yeah, yeah. really, shouldn't you? Yeah, in reality, yeah. even though Banks was like the greatest goalkeeper of all time, and he's on the top hundred list as well. But he's but Greenhouse for me. Greenhouse. Franklin. Oh, Franklin was Greenhouse. Greenough was from uh, Leeds, I think, or Barnsley, he was from one, Yorkshire. One bank's from that way as well. Yeah, he's Yorkshire, yeah. he's from Le- uh, Sheffield, isn't yeah. Um, yeah, but like I say, if it's a local person... Yeah, he's from Hamley or Fentanyl, he's from somewhere at Stoke, and he's, ador- he's like adored abroad, like one of the best defenders to ever play the game, he was like the early Bobby Moore, Bobby Moore, I think, might be wrong, but he said something about he wanted to be like Neil Franklin. Yeah. And modelled his game on him. So this is one of the greatest players that Stoke have inch like brought through. Yeah. England captain for five years, voted best defender in the world for five six years. Yeah. And there's no statue of him. Yeah. Well, I've seen that. I've seen that in articles before about foreign countries. Some they have certain players that play for the clubs, not so much in Spain, but in in some other countries where they didn't even win a title, but they like completely living lessons like God. Because yeah. they, they played well while they were there, just in a, maybe in a bad time out with the rest of the team. Well, it's technical art, Gerard, though, isn't it, really? It was, it was it Chris Waddle at Marseille. He's like God over there. I always bring it back to Chris Waddle. Every other episode was Chris Waddle. Because. <laughs> 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 oh, Chris something I saw in Sky Sports where he was on holiday over there. And they're all like outside his house. It's got me 35, 40 years since he played for you. Oh, yeah, he's, he's like God. <laughs> they're all out there outside Marseille. Chris Waddle. <laughs> yeah, basically, that's what he was. Just imagine him in, a, in a, a pub in France, in Marseille, like, going, 
He's a good winger, but he's now Chris Waddle. You hear them? It's not Scar Sports, he's got his big metal gates, and they're still all outside, you're thinking. It's, it's they will actually so... say that he wasn't Chris Waddle. <laughs> he couldn't have been Chris Waddle. He only did one year, Marcy. Honestly, swear to God, swear to God, there was a thing on tell. I think it was... <laughs> I think it was the Champions League was on or something over there and he was over there and there was loads of fans outside his house and he's going why? He, he, who was it though? What? He was Waddle. There's nobody over here. <laughs> you go to Newcastle, Chris Waddle. Yeah, that's it. Right. <laughs> Chris Waddle. Oh, that's made me cry. But yeah, I've got the race. Gary Lineker is more known for Barcelona than really, really. Over really. really. Yeah, I mean, if you look at players like that who didn't win a lot of trophies, but with like club good players, it's, it's Gerard really. Yeah. I mean, Liverpool with garbage most of his his day had some garbage players. I mean, he had Dudek in goal for Christ's sake. Yeah, the fact is that sometimes the fact is Stoke could have had their time, but the second the first uh, first World War or Second World War stopped it from happening. Stopped that great side from flourishing and winning trophies. Even since Tom Finney said that, he said the best side in England was Stoke. It's just the, the war stopped it from yeah. becoming a trophy-winning side. The, the thing is, Stoke had their time, but it was taken away. Yeah, It's just one of them things. And then in the 70s, we bounced back, but then made mistakes in the boardroom where we decided to buy a goalkeeper, where we had a decent goalkeeper and farmer anyway, yeah. instead of buying where we really needed someone, which was a striker. We yeah. needed a striker to replace John Ritchie, who was getting on. But yeah. We bought Shelton in. I think, yeah, Shilton was a great goalkeeper, don't get me wrong, the England number one for the England number one, but John Farmer from Biddulf was a good goalkeeper. I'll put that in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, like you say, yes, Drew wrote his thing. I mean, the thing with Gerrard is, is it, you've got to think that, yeah, I suppose if you ask any Liverpool fan who's going to be honest with you, is he was a shining light in most of the time of Paul side. For a long time, they had little spells, didn't they? Two thousand and five, was it two thousand and one when they won the treble? Well, yeah, they won the yeah. four trophies, no five trophies, didn't they? The UEFA Cup, the FA Cup, the League Cup, one yeah. year, and that. Es- they had Esky there and that, and he was he was at his peak. Oh, well, was Esky, wouldn't he? What he didn't have Esky, they wouldn't have won that trophy. Well, he was, him who gave us one of his greatest England games and all that day as well. That yeah. then no, as well. I was joking. He was having. He's why he won the Ballon d'Or that year. He was the best player in the world by far. Esky was underrated when he was at his peak. I think he, he had nearly the ball came really well. twice as well. Esky yeah. did. He nearly did come. Well, Rooney's already come out on record saying he's his favourite striker partner. Well, Esky. yeah, because Esky probably scored more World Cup goals than him. That's probably <laughs> he held the ball and passed it to Rooney. Thanks, another goal against Kazakhstan. <laughs> I've scored an action against Andorra. So would be Nan. <laughs> I'm a record goal scorer against every crap team. <laughs> Anyone who's lower than 100 in the FIFA rankings, I've scored all my goals against. <laughs> How did you score against the top? Four. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of players like that, though, aren't they? Thierry Henry didn't score in the, in the big, big games. Yeah, he never three. scored a final goal. Didn't score in many semis either. The, the thing is, I think sometimes that people do it. I was like watching Arsenal fan TV the other day. And it was just before the Community Shields final was on, and you had, you had you know troops and all that one. And then you had like all the company 
Liverpool stations down there as well. Look, they did have one scouser there, and I thought, I won't listen to any of the others, but I will listen to you. Yeah. <laughs> and it was here, they were there talking, and then the lead presenter, whoever's name, was sat there and goes, right, who's the bigger club? I couldn't stop laughing. I couldn't, I couldn't stop laughing. Who's a bigger club, Liverpool or Arsenal? I, yeah. I, I nearly passed out laughing. <laughs> and then yeah. Troops and you know, VR sitting there going, well, we've done a year unbeaten. That's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but do you think, like, when we were little, little, your dad used to say, yeah, Liverpool are huge. When we were little, yeah. Liverpool are huge. Because they had been winning everything. Up until like well, their their record was not yeah. It's, when it's I was a kid, I always remember Liverpool being the biggest club in the country. Simple, and then all of a sudden they faded away, and then United became. So then that generation sees United as the biggest club. So then, in the noughties, it was like I'd say it was it was a big dogfight. Once it Chelsea United and everything. Well, United bounced back again, didn't they? When you had the Tevez and Ronaldo yeah. side and so. But it was very mixed in the, in the noughties. But then you think about the kids growing up now. If Liverpool have another good season this season and maybe next season, their generation are going to go, yeah, massive club, huge. But they're always going to be that up, down, up, I think, down, up, down. They're, never, they're always going to be up here. They're never going to be right at the bottom. I think Ferguson put it right, though. He, he said that the way football's going now and the way it's starting to shape up now, you're not going to have a team like United or Liverpool again in England well, you always get them abroad because they're always the rich clubs because of financial fair play but here it's very much on squads and how you rotate them and how you move them mm. so like say City have looked untouchable and then yeah. Liverpool have overtaken yeah. and City might come back this year yeah. or Chelsea might now go in because they've spent some money Chelsea are going to push them I think the two well, we had, people keep saying that, but I'm not going to judge anything yet until I see these lads play. Cause I, I don't think they'll win the league. No, I, I honestly don't think they'll win the league. I think they still need a goalkeeper, which they haven't done. Um, I'm still not 100% certain at the back four. But I, I, I've got a feeling Liverpool. I think the rails will come off at Liverpool as well because they, they're struggling win games. Uh, well, when what's it? Gini Wijnaldum's supposed to be going Barca. Um, they're just haggling on price because he's out of contract next year. Um, which he's been a big player for him over the last yeah, couple of years. Yeah, he surprised me really because when he when he left Art Newcastle, I thought it's a strange one, wasn't it? It's a strange one for him to look, but he's been brilliant. Yeah, he seems a good utility. He's keeping that Fabinho who he's spent forty million on out the side. So, yeah. um, but it looks like he might be going between twelve and fifteen million. So, but yeah, I, I know what you're saying. The, the thing is, it's it's quite tough to dominate for a long period now, like it used to be. Yeah. Um, You've got to remember as well, a lot of the teams in the lower half of the league are good sides and can take points off the top six. Yeah, it's definitely because the, because the money's spread out evenly to an extent in England compared to abroad. Yeah. They can spend more money than clubs. Like, like for example, Gianni and Bueller, we can't shift him because there's only like probably four clubs in, in Spain that can afford to pay his wages and yeah. pay more, but they aren't going to buy somebody like that. So it has its counterbalances as well. I mean... My granddad said this to me. He said, "If he, he said if it wasn't for the war, Stoke could now be the biggest club in England. Would have been the biggest club in the northeast in yeah. Midlands because they would have won them trophies to made them a big club, and people would have been talking about. So, oh, I remember Stoke when the thirties or forties yeah. when they won the, all them trophies. Yeah, but he was taken away. Yeah, and that's the thing. The thing is though now as well. I think that what's changed from when we were younger is like if a, if a Stoke went 
to say, I don't know, see Chelsea and won one nil or got a draw, it's not quite as shocking as it used to be. No. Years ago when we were kids, you'd, you'd you know, United had drawn at home to Bolton, you'd go, you're joking, aren't you? They won the last 11. Yeah. It's, it was amazing if somebody had took points off one of the top four. And now, you see it all the time, I was Chelsea losing 3 0 to Southampton at home, just like random. Like when yeah, they lost to Sheffield United, didn't they? 3 0, it's Sheffield United. Yeah, and you're right? just going, yeah, well, they just start of form now. There's not that much emphasis on the fact that they've just lost to it, like a newly promoted side, or. Well, it's different now. Or... It's different now because the last two seasons, especially with City and Liverpool, them two have been flying that high that even clubs like Man United and Chelsea can't even breathe because. No. As soon as they lose one game, they've lost a the title. Yeah. All the other teams outside of Man City and Liverpool, well, like a different well league. this year it was, because this year it was a league of Liverpool and that was it. Yeah. So, I mean, by before Christmas, the league was done. It was done, yeah. Really. Yeah. And it was like that when we were young, because United was so wealthy compared to all the other clubs in England, that how how could they not win it? No. And they had his pick all the best players. Well, yeah. All around the country. Yeah, United used to go... Dwight York scoring more goals. Get York, get him in. Yeah. What? Cole? Yeah, yeah. get him in. Are you sure you don't go Chelsea? Why? I'm going United. I'm going to win yeah. trophies. The only one who stood up against him, who probably is the only signing I'm so glad he didn't get, was Shearer. Because I mean, if Shearer had gone United, he would have won probably ten, nine, ten straight Premier Leagues. Yeah, they'd have been unstoppable with, with him up front. Because yeah. let's be honest, he didn't have great strikers, you know. Well, she was scoring 20 goals a season with an awful side, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> you've really United. <laughs> well, you've got to remember that year Blackburn, Blackburn won the title. He broke the record, didn't he? He scored 42 Premier League goals, which yeah. Ronaldo, I think, two coffee. Yeah. So, crazy. Blackburn, yeah. top side. You, you know, if you speak to a youngster now and go, you go no, you're talking oh, Blackburn are crap, what they ever won. You won the Premier League when yeah. I was young. Yeah, you were top side. <laughs> and, and, and that's... That's the big difference, isn't it? I mean, don't get me wrong, I do more enjoy it now that it's more competitive. You see these, you see these teams going up like Leeds and, and Fulham and stuff and you think, well, they possibly will compete. Do you know what I mean? Well, they've got the finances, now. haven't they? That's, that's the difference. They stay up now. Years ago, the three that went up were the three that come back down most yeah. of the time. Well, look at Sheffield United. They finished, what was it, ninth, eighth, yeah. ninth this season they finished. Simon Music as well from Derby. Yeah. Google. Yeah, good player. He's a massive yeah, he's a good player for yeah. his age as well. Bogle was one player who played against us, and Art was the best player I saw that day. Yeah. That's that's the thing of it. It's it's being clever when you you're doing your transfer business. Like the thing is with Stoke, this is why I'm I'm struggling to understand where the future lies with Stoke because you look at other clubs and how they're doing business. You have to be so clever nowadays because a financial fair play stricken you where you yeah. can't just throw. Chelsea fans and City fans were always moaning and going, oh, we don't win the league. They don't know how lucky they are because if their owners didn't go in, especially now, it yeah. couldn't happen now. No. It'll never happen again. Financial fair play has come in and stopped that because they don't want any more English clubs coming in, throwing money at and winning trophies and all that yeah. stuff. They don't want it. Yeah. I mean, you could say that we are sort of littered in the Prem with like juggernaut clubs like big tight like really big clubs yeah in a way it like all don't get me wrong there's always been big clubs but what i'm saying is some of them are so rich and if they fall behind it's it, i don't know it, it, well, it's, it is this big gap from like if you look at like say so united chelsea city liverpool tottenham 
They're all huge clubs, like really big clubs. Well, they used to have Arsenal, didn't they? But they never caught up. But they yeah. still are a big club at, uh, in financial terms and stuff. Oh, massive. yeah, financial. Yeah, Spurs are ground as well. Spurs are a rich club now, yeah. Huge. And, and there's a big divide between them and everybody else. So to be, to me, when you see fans moaning about, oh, well, I just think Stoke should... If we could have just stayed in the Prem, would have been more of an achievement every year than... Well, you get, get stale quick, that's the problem. Yeah. The problem is with clubs when they go up and stay up, if they don't start trying to compete and, you know, spending hundreds of millions and all this kind of stuff, fans start going, what's the point? And it is, I think Stoke fans did get to that stage because we did 10 years in the Premier League and then towards the end, you're like, are we going to get in Europe or what? Are we going to try and start pushing for like the FA Cup and stuff? In the league and I think that's how you do it. The only yeah. way of becoming a, a bigger club than what you are in England now is going for cups. Because yeah. if you win a couple of cups and stay in the league, fans from outside start going, yeah. mm, Stoke, they, they win yeah. it. And players will go, oh, I might go Stoke because they, they won an FA Cup the other year. Catch it on telly and left in the trophy and stuff. And it plus, it, it gives fans as well. It's like, do you reckon Wigan fans? with the horrible position they're in now they've got something though of yeah. a certain generation they've got an F they saw their yeah. team lift the FA Cup Man City as in well in the final to yeah. win the FA Cup Swansea went and won the League Cup with yeah. Michael Oudrepal them years ago yeah. won 6-1 in the final against Bradford how oh, they got to a final I don't know but the thing is they achieved something we got to a final yeah. I know we didn't win but we did get to a final yeah, and you'll never forget that. And you'll never forget that. That's the thing. Well. well, if if you won it, I'd die happy. <laughs> that, yeah. That's it, because that's the only thing I can remember going up when because that's the thing that's died now. You speak to young fan, oh FA Cup, what's the point and all this stuff. When I grew up, the FA Cup was the big I couldn't the FA wait. Cup was bigger than the Champions League. Yeah, it was massive when I was young. The FA Cup was the biggest thing. I was like, yeah. I couldn't wait. It was all the FA Cups on today. The only reason I got into the Champions League is because they started sharing the games every Wednesday on normal telly. Yeah, I, to be honest, I haven't watched it. I haven't watched the Champions League since it went off ITV. It went on BT. Since it, since it's gone to BT and Sky or whatever, I haven't watched a single game. I watched it when it was on Sky. Because it's more accessible Sky, isn't it? That's the thing. But whereas BT, it's a separate package altogether on, on not yeah. Sky. So I think it's lost its global outreach a little bit. I do genuinely think it's like when you see like cup finals that are not on normal telly. The cup final was about the entire family going and watching the, the game back in the day. Oh, yeah. Everyone yeah. watched the cup final. Yeah, it, it wasn't yeah. just the fans of both clubs. The entire nation watched it. Oh, yeah, it was like when I was young. My dad used to get up early, go get the papers. I'd just, he'd get me two of the magazines. It would be final specials on Match. Yeah. It's me old Match magazine. Match. Shoot. Shoot and match every Saturday, every morning. Come on, what's the Stoker in it, Dad? the biggest thing ever. Yeah. Now and again, you'd see a picture of Peter Ford or something. Yeah, poster. And you stick it on the wall. Yeah, Peter Ford on there. <laughs> I remember once, like, Marcus Hall was in it. He was like, why is Marcus Hall in it? There was always, like, a few good posters of decent players, and then if you got near the back, they'd be, like, someone terrible, like, I don't know, Dion Dublin or something. <laughs> <laughs> he was great playing Dion Dublin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you see, the, the whole times have changed, and the thing is, like, if, if Peter Coates had had his money that he's got now, in the 90s, It'd be a different story again. We just seem to be one of those most unluckiest football clubs. clubs. We're just that unlucky club that creates great sides and disasters it. It's just our it's just our fortune as a club. Yeah. It's like the the year when we nearly won the title, and I think thirty six was it thirty seven, and 
Freddie Steele got an injury or something on the final game, and we lost to Liverpool and they won the title. But the thing is, now, if it was the nowadays rules where you get three points per game instead of two, yeah. we wouldn't have won the title. Yeah. So it's just just the, the attitude of the thing. What if it was like this? <laughs> it is. That's what I mean. It's, it's, yeah. it's all what if and all that kind of stuff. But we've not. We've never been lucky. We've never right. been lucky as a football club. Like, right. Go back to the semi-finals against Arsenal in 71-72. Bloody got given offside for a ice cream seller. And then we played added time. That never games used yeah. to finish ninety or seconds or a minute after. Four minutes were played until it was basically carry on playing till Arsenal equalised. You can feel hard done by, can't you, about the past? But at the end of the day, you make your own fortune, don't you? We've made some big mistakes. You've only got to look at the way we handled the FA Cup um, this time round. Was we played Wolves on the Tuesday night, played a full side. We were weren't going down. We we put we had we had games to spare where we weren't going to lose anything, and we played full sides. I'd arrested every one of them before the the cup final. Why why were you playing as best players against, against poor opposition? Yeah, yeah. Before a game when we're not getting relegated. Yeah, that was always the problem because it's just bad management. That is. Yeah. It really is bad management. It's Play. like it's like Valencia as well, where instead of really going to try and pull it back and only get one through, nil down in that game. Yeah, only one nil down for you. I know it's on the home leg, and I know I know I understand why I did it is because we were struggling in the league. We were struggling with Thursday Sunday, and you know we decided right forget Europe. We've we've got past the group stage, which is a great achievement for Stoke because you've got to remember the two other times we were in the Cup Winners Cup and the UEFA Cup, we got knocked out in the first round because again our luck we got the best teams. Any Kaiser Slatten won the Cup Winners' Cup and Ajax won the UEFA Cup. Yeah, but could you imagine if you won the European Cup and got relegated? You'd have been like, I don't care. I don't, I don't care. care. On the European Cup, I couldn't give a care. It's not Champions League. He is. It's the best trophy in Europa. It's un- underestimated. <laughs> Just imagine, can't you? Being in the Championship and then watching Stoke in the Champions League and in the Championship. <laughs> well, the, the thing is, though, you could have got, got relegated and won the Super Cup as well. <laughs> <laughs> Stoke Championship side Stoke have won the Super Cup. That's time I've been a Stoke fan. Well, we won the UEFA Cup and then won the Super Cup, but we got relegated, but no one was cared because we were not And then, then, then we got the Champions League for the yeah. year after. <laughs> we yeah. played Juventus and then Barnsley on the side. <laughs> <laughs> you would have died happy if that had happened. Oh, yeah. Relegated yeah. or not. It would have been. you've seen Stoke win a good trophy. Could you imagine <laughs> seeing him lift the UEFA Cup? <laughs> Europa Cup. Yeah, you can't even do it on FIFA. Yeah. Right, so on other news, what other news have we got then this week? Um, After that ramble. <laughs> that's what it's been for a while, hasn't it? Ramble. <laughs> the Potters ramble. <laughs> <laughs> we still don't know anything about season tickets, even though they said it was going to be announced this week. Yes, yeah, so they said something was going to be announced this week and nothing's I been really announced. Heard anything. Um, we have drawn Wolves in the Cup today. Don't know really what to say about that, because the problem is normally we'd sit here and go, We'll go that one. Yeah. It's local. Well, you never ever get through. Who do we play? Gillingham or... I think it's Barry. Gillingham or Barry or somebody, but... They can't be Barry. They're out of the league, are they? Yeah, they don't exist, do they? Well, yeah, they do, but they're in the conference now. Oh. Um, yeah, so... It's a, I suppose it is a tough game, isn't it? They're a good side now, Wolves, aren't they? A very good side, um, yeah. Not in Europe, I don't think, this time round, are they? Yeah. Oh, did they qualify again? Yeah, they had in Europe. Yeah. Oh, I thought because they struggled a little bit, didn't they, towards the end? They finished seventh, didn't they? Did they? Must I think six or seven. Yeah. It'd be a tough game, that. 
Yeah, he will. He's game being tougher than yeah. that. It's a, I think it's a good though. It's a good test out because they might put the weakened side out. We might be able to go through, and you never know. We can get a good kickstart on that, and then transfer that into league form. Because yeah. I think that's what everyone forgets about with the cups. That if you are having a great season, the cups sometimes can bring confidence and get if you get a bit of a run in. It can it, it can do wonders really. Yeah, yeah. We haven't got much longer left to wait, have we? No, it's a week away, isn't it now? Yeah. Week away, back in, back in. It does, doesn't feel like it though. No. It doesn't feel like it because we can't go. It just no. it just feels like it's going to be empty, isn't it again? And you just that normal. Normally now this time of year we're getting excited now, aren't we? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm now bouncing off the walls at this time normally. Yeah, it's and and we're just sat here going well. Are we going to watch the game? Is it going to be streams? We don't really know a lot at the moment, do we? It seems to be up and down. That's the thing with it. It's I, I'm not sure with it really, to be honest. It's it's one of them where cat. It's it's trying to get excited for it, but it's it's really hard for it when you can't get it. To be honest, when you know you can't go and you you can't because normally I get excited about the away games, don't I? But well, that's like a Wolves game, isn't it? Be a lot of people sort of looking at it. I mean, first game's Millwall. Yeah, which is going to be a tough one. We never really do great down Millwall either, do we? No, no, we don't really travel well down south. The thing is, we've got a pretty mixed bag running really from the beginning. I mean. Bristol City at home, Preston away, Birmingham at home, Luton away. I'd rather get them some of them out of the way early. Yeah. So that if we do get a run late on, they, they aren't getting in the way kind of thing. So we've got to look from on. like the 21st of September. After the Barnsley game, you've got Brantford, Swansea, Rotherham, Watford. You've got, you've got some big teams in there in Watford and yeah. stuff. So, and Swansea, I think, will be up there again this year. And they had a strong finish, didn't they, to the end of the season. Wickham, that's the one. That's the one I won't go. It's on a Tuesday night, then. Yeah. Can't believe that. I hope we will go anyway. I can't remember who told me, but someone said that there won't be any away fixtures this year. No. So even Bournemouth away is probably going to be a big ask. You have to go in as Wickham fans. Well, I don't think they'll be yeah, Wickham fans in. <laughs> can't go away games, we'll just turn up and buy a Wickham, a Wickham scarf or something. <laughs> I'm not buying a Wickham scarf, we'll catch me wearing a Wickham scarf. Unless it's half and half, then I can like, chuck the Wickham bit away, <laughs> cut it off at the end of the game. <laughs> we feel a quick mention that about Cockney down. He had a good turnout, didn't he? Yeah, had a good turnout for his funeral. Had a great tear coffin as well, absolutely smothered in red and white I think as well. It's made completely with Stoke City on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, they had a good turnout from the fans, from a well-liked lad. Yeah. Somebody who didn't really know that well, uh, met him a couple of times. but Yeah, I think I met him a couple of times. I can remember he, he, he shot his fame as well because of that singing video where it a pub and some landlord came out and sprayed him with a fire extinguisher. Yeah. He, he seemed like he loved Stoke, didn't he? Yeah, Stoke. I mean, from what I've spoken to, a couple of lads who I know who do know him have said that he was a, a really good lad, so up for a good laugh and everything. Um, let's face it, we didn't like seeing any Stokey go. So. Yeah, especially yeah. Uh, especially that, because he was quite young as well, wasn't he, at yeah. the end of the day. It's, it's a shame, and rest in peace, Dan. Well, I knew you'd been interviewed this week. Yeah, I got interviewed, yeah. Sky Sports? No. No. Bill Nub. Bill Bill Nub, I think he's called. Bill yeah, Nub? Yeah, I got an interview. What he'd asked me about the pod and, and the pages and everything. Did you get a grilly? No, not really, no. Yeah. I just, just answered a few questions. Jobs are good. Yeah. Like I say, he asked me, why'd you do it? And I say, because 
I, I basically did the parts group page. The what's one where anyone can join. If you if you haven't joined, make sure you get on it. To answer the question. It's it's <laughs> all right. <laughs> forty people across. <laughs> answer the question. <laughs> it was. Uh, I just said that I like you. I think there should be a voice for everyone, and I like doing the podcasts, and we do it for everyone. We don't really do it for everyone. I don't mind if. There's only four people listening to five. I, I don't yeah, I, th- I think the thing is, if you make it a constant, I know that at the end of the day it's tough for everybody because the one thing that we like doing is going Stoke on a Saturday. And now it's been as long as it has, it's quite amazing that we've gone this long without going. Yeah, it's For everybody. Yeah, it's, it's horrible, yeah. Because the thing is, what what gets me is as well, is, and, and I didn't think about it till the other day, is if we go a game on a Saturday... Then we do the podcast on the Sunday. When I go and work Monday, I've normally got four or five lads talking to me about the game. Yeah. About a decision, a goal, an offside, a this. And it's gone. That normally Monday morning used to be brew, having a bit they of breakfast really talking about the talk game. About anymore, do they? Because like years ago everyone used to talk about like T V because everyone was watching the same programmes, no one was recording. Yeah. Now everything streams and we're talking about that. So basically everyone's just walking in going, hey, oh, have a good weekend. Oh, right. Yeah. What did you do? No. What did you do? Nothing. No. <laughs> Normally I'd have one of the lads in the workshop going, he was never a pen. I go, it was all day in Stonewall. Yeah, it's, it's on, if it's for Stoke, I'd walk in and go, that was definitely a penalty. And if they <laughs> lose, it's just, oh, the referee was terrible. They lost 5-0, yeah. Five were offside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's a strange a strange one. We'd just be glad when we get back. Sooner rather than later. Thanks for listening. You know where we are. We're on Instagram. Make sure you tell your friends about it as well. We're on all podcast platforms, all of them. Acast, Spotify, SoundCloud, TuneIn. We're on them all. So thanks for listening. Ta-ra. Ta-ra. All the best.